big market gets the big names. An honorable mention, just like the taunting penalty in general, because it's so bad. The one time I want them to lose, of course they do well. What the hell just happened? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Dirty Turtles podcast. We have another Zoom podcast for you since we are on spring break. And this might have been one of the most eventful breaks in between episodes that we've ever had. So much stuff has gone down. It's NFL free agency officially started. Uh, March Madness started. It's been crazy. No buzzer beaters yet. Much to Nate and I's display. Nate and my's display. Yeah, just I literally just messed that grammar up. <laughs> uh, but it's it's your host Jonas. I forgot to do the intros. It's Jonas Evans alongside Nathan Schwartz, Brandon Schwartzberg, and Duncan Irvin. Uh, same dudes as always. So let's start with that news that broke. That was crazy. Deshaun Watson, after being rumored to either go to the Falcons, maybe the Saints, any team in the NFC South, all of a sudden pulls a complete one eighty goes to the other conference. He is now a Cleveland Brown and he signs um, a deal. I'll, I'll have the official details in a sec, but I think, I believe it's the most guaranteed money ever in an NFL contract, correct? I believe it's five years, 230 mil. But like almost all of it is guaranteed, right? I believe you're right. Yeah. Some Kirk what, Cousin numbers now. So uh, what are initial reactions to this signing? I think the initial thought has to be Atlanta just blew another lead, like 28 to three magnitude. Like they had him in the bag. And then I even just came in with the, with the better money offer last second. Like they didn't step there. They didn't step off the gas and Deshaun became a sucker for the guaranteed money and was like, you know what? Cleveland doesn't sound that bad of a place to live. Let's go to Cleveland, right? They already got a good offense. They got Nick Chubb. They got Kareem Hunt. They got, they just traded for Amari Cooper. So, I mean, I think out of all the rosters he could have gone to, Cleveland's, or I wouldn't say any roster, but the ones he was considering, Cleveland is the best chance to win now. So I think that along with the $230 million they threw at him is probably the reason why he's a Cleveland Brown today. Yeah, and I'm very curious as to what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield now. I, I mean, that opens up a whole world of possibilities. Maybe he'll go to Atlanta. They can get him instead of Ryan, instead of Watson, but we'll see. It's um, really I think it's – Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to talk about the compensation first. I think – I'm sure Nate probably knows the exact numbers, but it's, it was three firsts, a third and a fifth, or a third and a fourth. So it, the trade details, Houston gets Cleveland's first-round pick for the next three years, including this one a third rounder this year, a fourth rounder this year, and then Cleveland gets the Sean Watson and a fifth this year. So, yeah. So, so it's I think all draft picks going back to Houston, no players involved, which is definitely something that shocked me. We can kind of talk about it. I mean, maybe I'm the only one who's really interested in this, but I kind of, you know, I asked this in the group chat the other day. I feel like what we got for Russell Wilson, honestly, might be a little bit better just because I think, I think people underrate the two seconds. Obviously, looking at it, that face value three firsts is better. But I think 
all things considered, Houston kind of did not get as much as what I thought they were going to end up getting for him and what um, probably they should have gotten for him. So I just think it's kind of interesting to note that I wonder if, if Cleveland really did have the best offer and that's where Deshaun wanted to go, I'm wondering what the other teams kind of put out there. It is a little strange that that was the best offer, especially after it seemed like Deshaun was – well, the money he got – Kind of makes sense because that mega deal was something that a lot of people were expecting, but it is a little weird that that was the only real compensation the Texans got. Then again, they get that big contract off their books. So I, I guess maybe they, were, they weren't really in the driver's seat of negotiations anyway. Uh, another thing to note here is the guy I have in my virtual background in the AFC North, Lamar Jackson, he has not signed a deal yet. And all of a sudden the quarterback in his own division just signed one of the biggest deals I mean, you compare it to Patrick Mahomes, more guaranteed money. It's it's a crazy deal. You know, that's going to uh, that's going to probably make Baltimore regret the fact that they haven't signed him yet. And, you know, maybe neither neither group is really happy with the number yet. But I, that's going to have I think that's going to have severe implications on eventually what happens with uh, Lamar's contract. Yeah, I think this deal kind of is going to reshape the market for these younger quarterbacks. Right. Like we've already seen Mahomes get the big contract. We've seen now Deshaun get this massive money. Is Lamar worth that contract? That I think remains to be seen. He hasn't played up to that level. I don't think Deshaun Watson's played up to that level either. Well, Deshaun hasn't even played in the last year. Exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't really think he deserves all that money anyway. But the, I mean, it, it just boiled down to Cleveland being desperate for a yeah. quarterback. And I don't, I don't think the offer that, Cleveland proposed was the best one on the table because it was all, it was always in the hands of Deshaun Watson where he wanted to go. And as long as Houston liked the package they got back, I don't think they really cared where he went, whether it was as long as it wasn't an AFC South team, they honestly didn't care. Cause I heard a rumor that AJ Terrell was in the package. If the Falcons were to be the ones that acquired him, and that's a Jeez. rising star at the cornerback position. And so yeah, I mean, it's it, kind of it's, it's, it's wild. I um yeah, I it's it's really I think Cleveland probably maybe didn't have the best um deal for uh yeah, I, I just I think this probably definitely came down to Deshaun's decision. It it'll be very interesting. Now this division is crazy. Uh I mean you've got uh a mega star in Mitch Trubisky, followed by three quarterbacks in the division that are also pretty good. Trubisky, um, obviously being number one. Yes, of course. But for real, like Lamar, um, Deshaun, and Joe Burrow, all still rising. The battles are going to be insane. I think this is also – I was kind of thinking about this before. Um, I think this is going to make whichever team coming out of the AFC North, like they will be battle-tested, but they're also going to be, you know, battle-wounded. Like it's going to be tough to get out of this division um, without sustaining a lot of injuries, without coming in like a little, at least limping a little into the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, the winner of this division is probably going to have 10 or 11 wins is my guess. It's going to be a lot of interdivisional back and forth. I mean, the only team I could see being not as good in the division is, is Pittsburgh, yeah. just based on their current roster. But they I, made a lot of good free agency moves too. Like, yeah. so I think every team in the division got better. So far this offseason, I think that can't be questioned. Same with the AFC West. I think both divisions are going to – I could easily see any of the teams winning the division. I mean, it's crazy how loaded the AFC now is compared to the NFC. Nate and Duncan, you have it easy right now, if we're being honest. I so mean, our teams are bad. 
Yeah, look at the top quarterbacks in that. The NFC is not going to be fun to watch this year. Rodgers, Tyler Murray, Brady, Brady. Amanda Carson. Right, but Brady, Brady's um, division games now are literally going to be nothing. Like it's going to be back to how it was in the AFC East. Yeah, with Brady. Um, Tom Brady doesn't fight for anything. He's just given every. He's given the division every year. I mean, what's yeah. that? Because everybody else gives up more than anything. <laughs> so speaking of Brady, yeah, I, was about to say, I was just about to say, speaking of Tom Brady, we, we previewed it a little bit. He is back in what was, when I read it, it wasn't, it's funny because it wasn't as surprised as I thought I would be in theory, but at the same time, it's kind of ridiculous that the guy hasn't even been retired for two months and he's already back in the league. He, he must really hate. Yeah, the family life must be real rough. It just doesn't make any sense because I don't get like I could even understand him coming back after a season off, but it's like what? How has this off season been so different for him in forty days that he already wants to come back? Like, because it would still be the off season for him if he was on the team. I mean, I'm sure there's differences, but I'm saying like it's just weird to me. Very strange. In all honesty, I think it came down to the fact that how his retirement went down was not the way he wanted it to go down. Like the fact that it was that Schefter leaked that he was thinking about retiring and then he came out and said that he was actually retiring when that wasn't the case. And then he had the whole t- fiasco with his dad of saying, he's yeah. not retiring. I don't know what you're talking about. And then Tom Brady used to come out and say, he's not retiring. And then three days later, he does retire, actually. Yeah. So I think it, it just boiled down to kind of just that playing a part in it and then like he maybe he just was like thinking in the pickup line of his kids middle school like i don't want to do this right now like i'd much rather be (laughs) with my guys in the locker room and we still have a winning roster i think the biggest part to me is i didn't know if it was going to be tampa bay if he were to come back if he wanted to go somewhere else maybe san francisco maybe the thing was was under contract so they would have had to trade him yeah, but I, just because of that, the roster layout, like at that point, yeah. they hadn't re like they had just re signed Godwin. You got to think, like, they re signed like four guys after Tom Brady retired. Like, that's that roster is completely different if Tom Brady's not there. Something. Because I just think the way they kind of went about it, like, I definitely think Brady was, I mean, obviously talking to um, upper management there, but my guess is, I, I honestly, I don't really have any explanation. I'm kind of wondering what the fuck process think, yeah. was, too attention seeker for being honest i i he may not have actually just wanted to retire he just wanted to get attention i don't think tom brady needs any more attention than he already has you well kidding? you know you you never know for sure i, 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 you I think that's tell me you do point. not want attention but i'm saying like he's already like one way or another he's going yeah, but to be the center focal point. i feel like every person their ego they're gonna want like attention like he Nate's could, right. I mean, he could Brady's have legacy kind of got in, in the weirdest game. It, it's such a weird game for his career to end because it wasn't even like a horrible loss. It was definitely a better ending than uh, like with the Titans. That would have been pretty bad, but it was just weird. Like it's just, it was a weird way to go out. It was weird that it happened then. I mean, and now the bucks are on the decline. Like I don't think this roster got better. They're going to have a full season of no Antonio Brown this time. I like they lost got, uh, a lot of the guys they brought in that were underpaid are getting older. Like, I don't think Sue is going to have a crazy big impact on this team. Now Levante David is like already kind of 
past it. Like, I, I just, I don't think this team is better than, like, I think they're not going to be the best team in the NFC this the year. The thing so. is, he's going to win the division. I mean, no one in that, no one else in that division is good. I mean, especially now that Carolina didn't get uh, Watson. I mean, it's clear that Bucks are the best team in that division, even though they did get worse. Yeah, Tampa Bay lost two key offensive linemen. They lost their left guard. Yeah. And then they lost one of their other primary linemen in Alex Kappa. They almost – they probably wouldn't have had Ryan Jensen if Brady didn't come yeah. back. He's one of the guys that came back after Tom Brady announced he was coming back. So I mean, they also did lose O.J. Howard. I mean – I mean, yeah, but – I think I that think could Ron's be notable if you're losing Antonio Brown, if Gronk doesn't come back. They get Gage, though, Russell Gage. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I still think losing O.J. Howard is going to go under the radar. No. I think no, they yeah, are, yeah, I'm sure. They, like, I don't think this Gronk team back, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. because they. Yeah, still but if they, yeah, but if they don't get Gronk back, I think that's a notable loss. Brandon, you are right, though, that in the fact that this is just they're walking into the playoffs at this point because they're easily going to win that division, and then anything can happen. I think Brady was kind of looking at that and saying, like, look, like, it's not like I'm going to end my season any worse than I did last year. Like, there is no, there is no downside unless, like, I mean, I, I don't even know who would come out of that division that would, like, challenge them. If, if the Saints get Jameis back, maybe, like, maybe something happens there because they seem to always have Brady's number. I, I really can't see the Falcons doing anything because they haven't, they didn't improve at all. Um, and like AJ Terrell improving, isn't going to all of a sudden, like make anything better. And it's like, and the Panthers are a complete mess. So they're going to, they're going to win that division by like five, six games probably. Yeah. Now the Falcons have a tarnished rep with Matt Ryan. Now that they know they were trying to, yeah, yeah. Ryan I, mean, I, think, I feel like you kind of have to trade him at this point. No, I think Matt Ryan's mature enough and we can talk, Brian already kind of hinted on the Baker Mayfield stuff. I think he kind of understands he's at a very different point in his career. And I mean, like, I'm, I'm kind of speaking. I, I think right the Falcons should trade for Baker Mayfield. Well, but my point was that I think Matt Ryan knows, like, I don't think he's going to. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with saying, but Baker Mayfield if does. I'm the Falcons, what's the point of running it back with. Oh, Matt no, for Ryan? sure. I just I don't think, think it's he's so funny requesting a trade immediately. I, I think it's so funny that like uh, Matt Ryan was. Matt Ryan was an MVP when he was playing against Brady what was that 2016 what year was that super bowl 2016 yeah it's crazy that you fast forward 5 years later 5 years later after a after an mvp season where he almost won the super bowl with this team and now all of a sudden like he's probably going to get traded and he like he hasn't been playing good football for like the last basically ever since that moment and he like looks so old like it's just crazy to me that he won that mvp i mean it's not like he's been awful like he he's been like an average quarterback it's just that yeah, he's, 30, he's 36. I think that a team like San Francisco could use him, but that's like about it. It, it would be well, they have they have your boy though, Brandon. I know, I know. I, I'm I'm just saying a team like that, yeah, that's yeah. where Matt Ryan would fit right now in his career, not with Atlanta. Because he could he could still provide value. Like he his rating last year was 90 point was in the 90s, I think. I think Matt Ryan would be a good fit with Indianapolis. I, yeah. oh, I think any of these quarterbacks really is a good fit with Indianapolis. Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, they all kind of fit in the same echelon, like tier-wise. I think Baker would be the best fit just because he's on the younger side. They could continue to build around him. I feel like Jimmy is already on the 
decline. Like I think he's peaked. Um, I think Matt Ryan has definitely peaked. He's just a $40 million cap hit at this point. So I, th- I think Atlanta would probably benefit by just drafting somebody. Nate, at this is, point. is Heineke's contract up or is he still, is he still under contract for the rest of the, for this year? He's going to trade him. Or do you think they're going to trade him or keep him as a backup? I think he'll be the backup for the foreseeable future. Unless they, I mean, I, I honestly think he'll be the backup uh, for quite a while. Um, Cause it sounds like they want Carson Wentz to be the guy. So unless, yeah, what my thinking is, I would, so I would see if, like, just throw his name out there in the market. See, like, if you could get a second round pick or something for him, for they a would get a second round game. pick. For Taylor I mean, teams are desperate. Not as desperate Nobody's as we a second for Taylor Heineke. What about Tyler Huntley? I no. wouldn't give up a fifth for Tyler Huntley. You're okay. Well, you're a Washington fan, so I got my quarterback now. Carson Wentz, Commander Carson, ride or die. Why don't you get Nick Foles as your backup? Might as well. All right, let's move on to some other free agency moves because there were a ton. Um, we can kind of just list through them because I like there's so many. I'm gonna pull up a list of all the free agency moves and I, I'll go down the list in a sec. But first, I want to know what you guys think of. Uh, let's do Devon the Devonte trade first. Devonte yeah. to. The um, Raiders, he is reunited with Derek Carr, who apparently I, – I did not know this before, but they played with each other at Fresno State. Yep. So uh, what do we think of that move? The AFC West continues to load. Yeah, I mean, the AFC West is just absolutely stacked. Like I said earlier, I could see any of those teams winning the division, and I like how all those teams are going for it. I'd much rather see that than one team just give up and tank. I know we talked about this already. But uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it, and I think it's good for the NFL. Could not agree more, Mr. Schwartzberg. I think this just proves that tanking is not uh, – it's just not an option in the league. And if and I'm not saying this move puts the Raiders over the top because there's a lot of holes in that roster, but it, it makes the offense competitive. You need to score points in order to keep up with Patrick Mahomes, with Justin Herbert, with Russell Wilson. I think this is just a move to kind of get themselves up to speed with the rest of the division. I think we kind of hinted at it before between um, – we talked about Devontae Adams going to the Raiders before. Like, I think this was kind of – it was a move that almost made too much sense just because they seemed like the best fit for him. I think they – I don't know what the numbers are either, but they gave him a crap ton of money. Um, and – that's you know we'll see how that pans out but i think this is kind of solidifies there's a lot of questions about it whether or not they're going to trade car or what they're going to do this kind of solidifies what yeah brandon i just want to echo your point i really love that all, all four of these teams are trying to compete like i i think josh and i think it makes sense because josh, josh mcdaniels isn't going to come in there and be like well i guess i'm here to just lose to these teams for the next few years like he's like look like i've i've had success before obviously it was on the back on the shoulders of the greatest quarterback of all time, but you know, I might as well try. Uh, and the Raiders have been pesky before. Like, like, don't forget, they literally beat the chargers last year to make the playoffs. They were the second best team in this division. I know everyone talks about, you know, all the potential, all the greatness, but Justin Herbert had an amazing season last year and the Raiders beat them. So, you know, like don't, don't sleep on the Raiders a hundred, like a hundred percent do not sleep on the Raiders. I think the Broncos might actually lose this division, which will be crazy because they have Wilson. Let's move to, 
I mean, what do we want to do? I have a list of all this stuff. We can do JC Jackson next. Yeah, good for us. Just, just run it down. I think we can yeah. just do it like a JC Jackson. Yeah. JC Jackson to the Chargers. They the last time we barely in the limited time we had before Duncan ruined our podcast studio. Uh, we talked about Khalil Mack to the Chargers. Now JC Jackson goes there as they continue to do exactly what I think is bad for them. Um, uh, being uh, top heavy, loading up on stars and then not adding depth. But I want to know what you guys think too. I think that's a very valid point. Uh, Cause I think with teams, especially if those guys get injured, like we saw last year, Derwin James wasn't healthy. He like their top draft pick from three or four years ago, hasn't been healthy in his NFL career. And then they've been lacking at that safety position. So I, I think that's a very valid point, Jonas, and the fact that they keep paying all these guys all this money and then they're not building up that pipeline. Like Eckler always seems to, I think their running back depth is good. Like Eckler always seems to go down, but then they always have guys to step up. Yeah. But especially their offensive line depth, they got to get that right. If they want to keep Herbert afloat, I think their pass rush is the least of their concerns and they made a trade for Cleo Mack. Yeah, it, I, it, I am a bit curious as to why the Patriots didn't even franchise tag him because maybe something's up with him. I don't know. I feel like Bill Belichick, of all people, if he sees a talent that's 26 years old, who's been a great corner and he still has a, a ton of years ahead of him, Bill Belichick, of all people, would want that. So maybe maybe he knows something we don't. I don't know. That's just a thought. I, I mean, the Chargers would be the best seven-on-seven seven NFL team in the league right now, but that's just, like, not how the game works. And, that, Nate, like, something you said that makes a lot of sense is, like, what happens if one of these guys go down? Because that's the equivalent of, that's the equivalent of like, three starters going down with how much money you're paying them. And, like, obviously you're supposed to have stars, but then if, like, two of them go down, then you're screwed. Like, if, if, if Asante Samuel and J.C. Jackson go down – you think they're paying anyone on that roster good money to be a solid cornerback to def- defend these good receivers in the AFC West? Like they'll get killed. It'll look like the Ravens um, uh, this year when when it was um, like all the backups like starting, but they had a ton of cornerback depth. Like cornerbacks get hurt all the time. It's a very weak, but like they're DBs. Like DBs aren't the strongest guys out there. Um, do we want to go to what do we want to do next? Uh, let's do. On Miller. Von Miller to the Bills. Yeah, sure. Von Miller. That I hate it. That's that's I don't like that contract for the Bills. Six years, 120 <laughs> mil for a guy that's 33. I just don't like that. So well, it, probably, they can probably cut him after yeah, but I mean years. yeah. How much does he really have left in the tank? True. I guess we'll see. I saw something, it was a contract breakdown. They get they get they would get out of it after year three. So I think that it's oh. a, it's a six year contract, but in reality, I think they get, they would get three years of them before the contract really starts to kick in. Like, I think he's only getting paid like two, like less than $2 million this year. And then next year it's something. And then the following year, it's similar to this. And then it's like 20 million a year for the last three years. So I think it's after year three is when they would get out of it regardless. So I think it's really a three-year contract for Von Miller, but nonetheless, I mean, I guess it's just a, a move to put him over the top. Like, I don't, I don't think, think it even necessarily does. does. Like, 
they're already at the so isn't a generational talent but i mean you use your first round pick last year on an edge rusher you already have jerry hughes you already have another guy they draft behind the draft in aj epineza i know he hasn't really been that good either but i i just don't think signing von miller and paying money to a like it's similar to the chargers like not a glaring position i I think they could yeah yeah i think they could use that money elsewhere definitely spread like with what we said with the chargers spread it around get quality starters and reserves in case people go down i just don't think he started to make a cut out of bounds i just don't think it was a need that's my bad i had the saint peter's game on sorry keep going no that was it for me no i i kind of agree i just think he's gonna be i'm honestly like i know it's gonna everybody's gonna hate me saying this i i think von miller's kind of overrated and has been for the past couple years ever since i think it's kind of been downhill for him since super bowl 50 um, I don't think committing this much money to him was – I mean, we were talking about it at the um, – when he first got traded to the Rams, we're like, oh, who knows, maybe that he wins a ring and retires this year. And here he is signing a six-year deal. I think it's kind of a lot of money to be committing to a dude that you're not sure. Yeah, how, but they're not really – game-changing they're really going to be. I, they're not actually like, – like what Nate said, like they're not actually committing like that much money to him in the initial years. And I think it's like, look, Vaughn, you will get paid a ton of money if you manage to play four really good years of football. The Bills probably won't do it. It wouldn't be smart if they did because now they have him like on, in a very small cap hit. I don't care how good he's playing in his fourth year. You shouldn't be paying a guy $20 million because it's not worth it in that sense. But it's a good Super Bowl investment, and they they're, they don't have a super tough division. The Patriots didn't get better. They got worse. So I, 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 I like what he's doing. I I, th- I think I lo- I actually like this move a lot for Buffalo, and I like I, it for Vaughn too because obviously he's not going to get a a crazy good contract, but he, he can earn his money. And if he really thinks he has it in the tank, like he's betting on himself. So I personally like it. But I mean, I, I think they could have gone an offensive lineman and a lower level, uh, and with that money definitely. And I think that would have been a better investment. That's what. Yeah, I like. Grant's yeah, they could have gotten Zadarius Smith. Okay. Do we want to? gonna talk, jump into that. Well, okay. So St. Peter's is up five. We we said we would do our instant reactions to the game. There's three minutes left in the St. Peter's game. So let's let's talk about the Ravens offseason moves, and then we can we'll we'll react to St. Peter's, and then we'll talk March Madness. How about we do that? Okay. That's a good plan. Uh, okay. First move was Marcus Williams. We can go around the table quickly. I really like the move. Obviously, Ravens had a huge free safety need. They didn't address it in the draft because. If had they not gotten Kyle Hamilton, they wouldn't have gotten an experienced guy. And they're technically still a Super Bowl roster, so you have to make moves now. I love Marcus Williams, and and I really would like the Minneapolis Miracle play not to be mentioned that many times between us in the in the coming years. But I can't expect that to be the case. Nate's gonna mention it every time he can. Get. Absolutely. Um, I I like it a lot. I mean, he's only twenty six. It's a, I think a team friendly contract honestly like we're not it's not a very heavy contract i'd much rather get him than a tyron matthew which i know people were linking the ravens to and i mean i was very happy with it i know i said that eric DaCosta, he saw the ravens have a have a losing season and he decided to go all out which i respect yeah and so nate duncan what are your thoughts i mean i don't really know a lot about marcus williams like saw the number initially and was kind of I don't know. I thought it was a lot. I was more, I think that Zadarius Smith is honestly really more interesting because I thought he was 
when he initially backtracked, I thought that meant he already had another deal in place and was ready to go somewhere else. So it's kind of weird that he still hasn't signed somewhere else yet. In in terms of Marcus Williams, I th- I think it's a solid signing. I mean, he fills a hole as long as the as long as he can stop the corner route. I don't think there's any issue with it. There's my that, miracle route. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, first one of the episode alone. Okay. No, nah, I I won't mention it. I um, promise anymore. And then in terms of Zadarius yeah. Smith, uh, I, I I guess I really don't even know where to start. I saw somewhere that he had a verbal agreement with the Ravens, hadn't signed anything. They were still talking money because the pass rush market was heating up a little bit. He sees Von Miller's contract. He sees Chandler Jones' contract. And then he's like, I can get more money. And then they start to renegotiate the money and he pushes a little too far. And Eric DaCosta is like, I'm not paying you that much money. If you really want to be here, you'll take what this, our best offer. And he didn't want that offer. So, I mean, I, props to him if he think he can get a better offer. I just think at this point, it would have been better for him to just sign like a one-year deal with the Ravens yes. rather than try and get a long-term deal somewhere else what annoys me here is like when i first saw the deal the first thing that people make comments on and like makes sense is zadarius the implication is is that he's taking a team-friendly deal like he is not taking the most money on the table because he wants to you know earn his kind of stardom back because the last the last season in green bay wasn't great and it's like you know he loves the city of baltimore genuinely like he loved his time here um he's become a superstar and now he's come here and he's like you know let me earn my stripes back. Let me, you know, put some great performances back. I have a new great defensive coordinator who is very committed to, you know, single pass rushers, putting up good numbers. He McDonald did that with Ojabo and uh, Hutchinson also horrible that Ojabo just tore his Achilles. That was pretty tough to see. Then it's like, then all of a sudden he sees Von Miller's deal, which Nate, we were talking about, like, isn't actually like the, the most money possible. And then, like, all of a sudden, he thinks, like, like he backtracks. It, it, it annoyed me. If he wants to get his money, sure. Like, I understand that. I'll never, I'll never go against the guy wanting money. But I don't it, – it, that was an annoying move for me because I just – I don't think, like, it, there was a lot of logic in it. I'll just say that. Yeah, I mean, if, like you mentioned and, like, Nate mentioned it, I feel like it would make sense if he had a deal lined up. But the fact that he's now just waiting in free agency, it, it's – just a very puzzling move. Yeah. Um, Murray State is down seven now. So I think St. Peter's. Oh, okay. yeah. oh, are you ahead of me? I think so. How much time do you guys have left? 209. I have 209 as well. Yeah, but I think, well, but they're going to, the, the clock is stopped. Now. He just missed the second free they throw. The free, okay. I, well, haven't I haven't even seen the free first throws. free throw. Jesus. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I'm on the March Madness app. I'm yeah, on same. TV. So that's why I'm. Okay, well, let's talk about my TV because it's YouTube TV and that'll be even further behind. Let's talk about St. Peter's then while we're watching this. They're Um, they're incredible story. They, the you know, we saw the oh, and I did it again. I, um, St. Peter's has a gym smaller than like my high school's basketball gym, and they just took down Kentucky, who spends more than 12 times the amount of money that St. Peter's does on their basketball program. 
Kentucky was a team that I think a lot of us picked in a lot of our brackets to win. I don't want to mention it. It was that. a crazy upset. I think it's level with UMBC in the in in the upset level, truly. Yeah, and now St. Peter's has a legit shot to make the Sweet 16, which is incredible. I mean, it's just it's great that they won the first game, and now the fact that they're up over Mary State by six with a minute and a half left. Yeah. The fact that they could go to the Sweet 16. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Elite Eight. You never know. Yeah, it's not even the fact that they might make the Sweet 16. They're in, like, the most upset, happy bracket right now. One yeah. of the Sweet 16 matchups is already number eight North Carolina against number four UCLA. And then if St. Peter does come out and win this, they face the winner of Texas and Purdue. And both teams are very streaky at times. Exactly. So, I mean, it's just very interesting. I think, Jones, what you said, you hit it on the money with the fact that just college basketball is crazy at any given moment. Any team can pull off any upset, even though they spend 12 times less the amount as a school like Kentucky. And it reminds me a lot of Oral Roberts last year against Ohio State. And then I forget who they even beat in the round of 32, but very similar story and seems like it's going to be a very similar result. Well, Mary State just cut the lead to fourth a minute left, so it's not over yet. Okay, yeah, you're definitely ahead of me. My brother's playing music really loud at the shower, so if there's background noise, I don't know if you guys can hear that. I cannot hear, no. Well, there you go. Well, uh, wait, what, what type of music? I, I it's kind of like it's like this smooth like r&b kind of it actually sounds pretty fire i don't know oh wait i think i just heard it actually no no you didn't i'm gonna talk really loud now um all right let's talk some more march madness while this st peter's um game is going on uh what what other well we had iowa lose right that was pretty crazy step aside and oh, come that was not me this time that was nate that was me <laughs> I keep refreshing it because I want to be ahead. Um, I, that's not, you're not going to be ahead of the, my actual TV. Yeah, true. Brandon, if it does actually come close, you should just turn your camera around to the, um, to the TV. Oh, first. I can probably do that right now. Um, all right. Commercial, aren't they? So Iowa, which was the team, I think, that at least the most favored to come out of the Big Ten. You can, you can like debate that with Wisconsin, whatever. Um, actually, Wisconsin's probably more because they were seated higher, but – my like it's just it's just so interesting how like you need like you need good offense and defense in this in this tournament and Iowa's defense just completely sold them um and I'm sure it's pretty tough being an Iowa fan two choke jobs this and also falling apart at the end of the college football season not a great Isn't that right Duncan oh yeah hey, Duncan as an Iowa fan 10 games and made it to the Big Ten title. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Of football yeah, wait. Huh? But they won the Big Ten title, and then they lost to a 12 seed. I'm talking about football. Basketball, no, this is kind of, um, you know, my dad went to Iowa. We, we are having this conversation. Um, this is kind of expected at this point. Uh, they call it the, um, excuse me, the, the February fade, because Fran McCaffrey cannot seem to coach once the calendar kind of changes. Um, never been to a Sweet 16 in his tenure. It's kind of what you expect at this point. Uh, Iowa's biggest issue was you kind of hit on it. Their their offense had to kind of carry, and when the offense doesn't show up, it seems to be really feast or famine. And it's, fortunately, the Big Ten tournament was a lot of feast, and it's just, it was just one bad game. It's crazy to me how they continue to have the best player in the Big Ten and then just completely falter. Best player in the country for the past three yeah. seasons and couldn't make Garza, it to the second the tournament. Murray and like Bohannon's been like so good for like seems like 
10 years six years yeah yeah like it's just crazy how they continue continuously just falter and it's just what kind of the differences i feel like between uh, good and great programs are but um what is, what is that? that? What is that? Who is that? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Duncan, was that you? What do you mean? The <laughs> chimes. Oh, you're talking about the clock? Oh, yeah. okay. It it Sorry, is it, it is 9:44. It is it is 10:44 p.m. Eastern time. I guess yeah. the clock goes when when that happens. Uh what else, what else do we have in this? Well, the brackets got busted before the second day even ended. It was an all. My bracket was busted the very first game, actually. I actually, think that's I, that's I, I got the first the nine round. games right, and then Kentucky and Indiana lost within like ten minutes of each other. Yo, I I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I know everybody else is kind of struggling, but I think this is the the best bracket I made in recent memory. Granted, it could still all completely fall. Well, apart, you still, but. but that's the bracket where you have Auburn winning, right? I don't have Auburn. I have Arizona winning both of them. Oh, Arizona. Sorry. I was looking at a different one then. I've, I so currently have a bracket with Dame three Peters is about to win on ESPN, and I have Kansas winning that one. But also, my final four is has Virginia Tech in it. Yikes. Why did – can you see that? Wow. I thought they were going to ride the hot streak with the ACC tournament, and then they come out and crap the bet against Texas. Well, it is what it is. I the logic, but – and I also have in that it, my final four was Arkansas versus Virginia Tech. Well, so I have Arkansas still... in the national championship in this bracket. Well, Arkansas is up four with less than four minutes to play. What really confuses me is how John Moran, the guy who gets drafted two overall in his draft, got his team to a 12 seed and now Murray State's a seven seed. Like what? Like how? Are... I, I think it's because they only lost two games all year. Yeah. Ja, my guess is Jonas Jaw like brought them like on oh, so recruits like wanted to go there and like it's it's like having one star player and everyone else like average or worse versus having a collective like bunch of above average players. I mean they're consistent though like it's not yeah. really they'd made they make tournaments but um... I think they have a better all around team than with Jaw. Yeah, true. Probably definitely true. Imagine or if he was on this team. They're about to lose because they're down eight. With yeah, same. It looks like St. Peter's is going to win. So twice in a row, because remember, Oral Roberts did it last year, uh, two years in a row that we have a 15 seed make the Sweet 16. That's pretty remarkable, honestly. Yeah, especially wild. crazy because it had never happened before. Yeah. Um, oh, really? In 2013, and now it's happened like two times in the past two years. Yes. Uh, let's talk about this Baylor game because I honestly think this is the coolest storyline of the whole. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say right now, I did not watch any of this, sadly. So I'll let you tell me all about it, Jonas. Well, so UNC is up by 25 with 10 minutes left to play in this game. And it looks like Baylor's just going to like, you know, crap the bed, not be able to do anything and, and lose the game. And then all of a sudden, Baylor is starting to make every single shot and they also, like, it was it was very similar to the Michigan State against Maryland game in the Big Ten uh, tournament, where, like, UNC literally could not get the ball in. Like, they just literally, every time they were throwing it in, it was a turnover. And then it goes to overtime, like, just crazy shots either way. I thought the funniest part was, like, in the, in, like, the most intense moment, the UNC dude from like half court chucking it at the top of the backboard. And like, cause I don't even know who he was trying to pass to or what he was trying to do, 
but it was such a funny shot. Um, UNC had a chance to take the lead. It looked like all the moment, or they had a chance to win the game at the buzzer. Um, RJ Davis takes a really bad shot. And then they, and then all of a sudden in overtime, they're like really good. I, it was, it was a crazy game. So many injuries too. Um, very fun to watch. This is March. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I, I was watching that whole game and the big thing that stuck out to me for Baylor was their aggressiveness in late in the second half with their defense. And I think that's what really turned the tide for them. It wasn't necessarily North Carolina was missing shots. It was Baylor getting extra possessions and then making the most out of those possessions. And then they got uh, both the both the teams were getting into foul trouble late in that game. And it just turned out to be North Carolina's game in overtime. Uh, I'm just keeping an eye on these other games real quick because Arkansas is in a close game. Yeah, Arkansas is up six with Memphis is up by 10 at the half over Gonzaga. Jeez. So I think I mean, Gonzaga can flip a switch. Like you, you saw their first game. Like it was close, and then literally. Yeah, but that was freaking. Yeah, but to, that was that was Georgia State. Memphis right, actually. At, like at one point, that game program. was that was a two point game at one. Yeah, point. and then they went on a twenty one to nothing run. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen against Memphis. Uh, I'm just going to run down like the the like all the first round upsets real quick. You had New Mexico. Well, I just, uh, a quick note. Um, I don't think I I forget how many years it's been exactly, but um, like it's been like four or five years now. I think that the defending champion has not made the Sweet Sixteen the following yeah, year, really. which is well, um, it's tough to. I mean, that's really tough interesting to, to think about. Yeah. All right. Real quick upsets from the first round. You got New Mexico State beat over beat UConn. You had Notre Dame over Alabama. You had, let's see, St. Peter's over Kentucky, who did just officially win, by the way. Yeah. You had Michigan. So I, I don't really know if most people would consider that an upset. I don't think that one was even people. technically an upset. Michigan was It's an upset seeding-wise. I picked yeah. Colorado State in pretty much every bracket, but it is what it is. Uh and then Michigan threw to the Sweet 16, too. Sorry, I don't know if you specifically mentioned that, but they just got an impressive win against Tennessee, who I had winning the tournament in another bracket, so that was pretty tough. Yeah. Richmond over Iowa. We already mentioned that. Iowa State beats an LSU team after Iowa State had a tough stretch at the end of the year. I don't see how LSU could have won that game because they didn't have a coach. Like, Yeah. That was just such a hard Does Shaq's son play at all? Do you know? Like, does he ever play? Because he, he didn't play at all when I was watching. No. That's sad. And then Miami was the other one over USC. That was a close game. After uh, so there you go. To, after just signing Andy Enfield to a massive extension, they get embarrassed. It's kind of funny. That's what Maryland's going to be like for the next uh, 10 to 15 years. You're such a hater. Like, I just have optimism. That's so hard. We're still the most recent Big Ten uh, basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we weren't even in the Big Ten. Yeah. Coaching stuff for Maryland. But, um, Uh, all right. Let's do, um, we don't have a lot of time left. So let's quickly do our, um, our final fours. I'll go first. I have, Duke winning it, especially with what I see now and that uh, Gonzaga might lose. I've got two, Duke-Purdue and then uh, uh, Auburn versus Michigan. 
I really, for some reason, I'm kind of confident in the Michigan pick because I feel like they, they they're in this. Like, they seem like a team of destiny kind of vibe, especially that 11 seed looks really nice. It reminds me of Loyola Chicago. Um, but I do have them losing to Auburn. I've got Duke beating Purdue, and then I have Duke champs. I think this is the weird tournament where there is no top team. And for some reason, as much as he's already won, I feel like Krzyzewski might actually do it this year, which is crazy to think because this has not been his best Duke team. Um, but, yeah. I'll go ahead. I've got Arizona-Kansas for one of my final four, and I've got Arizona winning that. I have them I, at the beginning of March Madness. I picked them to win it off, so I'm just going to stick with that. I've watched them a decent amount. I really like them. And so, yeah. And then I've got Texas Tech St. Peter's as my other, because right now St. Peter's looks like the best team in that bracket, if I'm being honest. And so that's why I picked them. And then I got St. Peter's as my national champions, because why not? Why not? This is March. I had, um, I'm still not sold on Duke. I have Texas Tech, uh, Purdue, just because I don't know what – I don't know which region it is. Whatever the Purdue region is right now, it just looks like a mess, and I don't know who – I don't even trust anybody in there. That's the St. Peter's region. Yeah, no, I know, but I don't know what the geographic name of it is, what I'm saying. But yeah. um, The east. The east, yeah, that bracket's a mess. Um, And then in the other half of the bracket, I have Arizona and uh, Kansas matching up, so I'm still riding with – Two one seeds. My original – yeah, just because, I mean – I'm. Auburn's still a little bit too flaky for me. I could see that's kind of a coin flip for me on any given day, them in Kansas, but um, still rocking with what I kind of had from the beginning, except no Kentucky now. There is a weird part of me that honestly would not be surprised if Illinois, like, just goes on a run now after barely. That's what I was thinking. That was my biggest Like, like that first, like, it's just, like, the way the tournament is this year. Like, you can beat Chattanooga by one point and then just, like, steamroll houston and then arizona that will literally not shock me at all yeah yeah and then for me in the west i have texas tech i just if gonzaga somehow slips out of this bind against memphis i think whoever plays them whether that's new mexican state new mexico state or arkansas winds up beating them they're just playing too close of games i think they're playing down to their competition and come March, you can't do that. So I think Texas Tech does make it out of the West just because I think they're the most consistent team in that bracket. In the East, I'm going to go with North Carolina. I like what I saw from them today. Yeah. Peter Davis has got them in a great position. UCLA just lost a key, a key piece today. I'm not quite sure of his name, but he came out of the game. Was it Juzang? Oh, Jaime Hawkins, I think, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It wasn't Juzang. It was, that, it was the guy Jonas just said. Um, so th- they'll be playing without him more than likely, or he won't be 100%. And then St. Peter's isn't going to make it past Texas or Purdue. So I just like North Carolina. And then in the South, I'm going to go with Arizona. In the Midwest, I'm going to go with Kansas, which would lead to a Texas Tech versus Kansas National Championship. And I think Kansas is going to win this year's tournament. Would be a funny one for them to win. We're going to stick – what, we're going to st- – oh, sorry, go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, just update. Arkansas up three, 41 seconds to go. They're shooting free throws now. New Mexico State just made a big three. So this uh, we will, We'll have Brandon monitor that game while we do our draft. It's going to stick to March Madness because we're in the frenzy right now. We're going to do top March Madness moments um, in recent memory. Now, I think that we'll just do it like – 
I think we can really just do anything that like we remember or has kind of yeah. just been in the in the you know in the loop of our existence i guess like i mean you can do a 2005 moment if you want but we obviously don't remember that i'm staying like since 2010 yeah so. sure all right mine How are probably going to be even recent re- more recent because i don't remember a lot of stuff are we doing uh, let's do rock paper scissors yeah okay rock paper scissors shoot wait oh man so okay. brandon's gonna get the last choice or whatever picks last Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, okay, we did the so, thing. All right, go so, get it. No, no, because he did. Oh, wait, so I beat Duncan. Okay, yeah, yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Jesus, go again. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, I'm out. Okay, Duncan. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot oh my god rock paper scissors shoot okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i know this is not the conventional strategy i'm gonna take the first overall pick just because it's one moment i really want and i think it's kind of outweighs yeah. uh the rest of the stuff on my list so i'll take i'll, I'll go number two three four all right Duncan. this is the one where we want the first pick yeah. All right. So, but I'm um, interested which way you wait, go here. Duncan. How many are we doing? Four. Let's do no. Let's three? do three. I don't know. Yeah. There's name four. Yeah. Ones. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, go ahead, Daniel. I'm taking Villanova buzzer beater over you. Ah, yeah. I don't think that, you can get that, that was. Yeah. It's kind of um. I know. That I have a feeling. I know what Nate's gonna take next. But um. No. I mean, I, it's probably for my money greatest moment in college basketball. I mean, for me, it's U- For me, it's UMBC number two. Makes sense. I mean, just from be- being from Maryland, knowing that team, my mom went to college there, and then just the, the fact that they're the only 16 seed to be a one seed, and then to like have the personal connection, like I lived like 30 minutes from there, like that's wild. So UMBC for me is number the second overall pick. So those are definitely my top two. I would have picked either one of those if I could. I will go with. I don't know if this is the strong third for everyone, but personally for me. Loyola Chicago making the final four was incredible, especially living in Chicago. We were so, when they made, when like, cause there were, I think there were two buzzer beaters in maybe three in that run. Like they just literally kept on winning games by one point. It was incredible to watch. And then when we, when it was actually like the final four, like you're watching like on national television and it's Loyola Chicago, like the small school that I could drive like 30 minutes to, that was surreal. And I honestly think that's probably like, like relatively still a good pick compared to everything else. Okay, so, I don't think you can go wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I may get a little bit of key for this one, but I'm going to go with RJ Hunter's three-pointer against Baylor. That was, I was thinking that, actually. Yeah, so, that's, yeah, that's, that's actually a good pick. Back. Yeah, the just one where his dad not only, off the chair, right? Yeah, not only the yeah. shot, but because his dad, like, fell off his chair, like, it was just such a cool moment. And then... I, I think I'm definitely going to get flame for this next one. I've got Paul Jesperson, Northern Iowa, that half-court shot to be Texas. That's actually not a, ba- that's not a uh, bad pick. Yeah, I, so I feel like you can't go wrong with any of these picks. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Jonas? I'm going to go with Wisconsin beating Kentucky in the final four. 
I know it wasn't the biggest upset that we can name here, but I honestly think like, I remember just how much hype that got because of how good, Jesus Christ, Duncan. <laughs> you're typing. So so uh, no, you're good. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Kentucky. Maybe that's not the best pick. Wisconsin. No, I, that was it. Was on my list for sure. I, it's one of those underrated, just great games. Yeah, it was just a great game too. Yeah, I'm with mine. I'm gonna go with Northern Iowa again, but their epic collapse against, against Texas A&M in yeah, the very next game. <laughs> The Aggies went on a 14-2 run to end the regulation in 32 seconds, and it wound up going to double overtime in just a crazy game. Uh, yeah, that's going to be my second-round pick. Um, I'm kind of going to stick with my theme. I know it's really recent. I'm going to take uh, Jalen Suggs, buzzer beater from last year. I think that's going to age really well. It would have been cooler if they had gone on to win the title, but that was just another really great game. Um, it's going to stand the test of time, I think. Your pick again. It's mine again? Yeah, that's how a snake draft works. Um, I'm sorry. It's been a long day. Uh, next up, I'm taking the um Elite Eight game between Duke and Michigan State. No, no. I thought I was, was going to get that. No. That, 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 was, that no. was one of – I think between the storylines of um people hyping up that Duke team to be the greatest team ever assembled, well, yada, yada, and then Michigan State goes out there, beats them by – I think it was just a singular point. It was just a great game. That was also the tournament where, like, um, remember UCF almost rolled like that. They, they should have won that. that Duke almost up. lost. Um, they should have lost to Virginia Tech too, just because yeah. there was a couple. That game was a good game too, and then the Elite Eight it finally just came. It that was yeah. just a great tournament. And Arkansas update: they're up two with two point six left. Wait, who has possession? Arkansas is about to inbound after the timeout. Oh, okay. Well, then that means it's over. What? No, it could be a bad pass. <laughs> All right, for my third and final selection, I'm just going to go with overall the Virginia run in 2019 after they had lost, to lost the year before to then just come back and win the tournament. I know it's not a really sexy pick, but I think just coming back and after experiencing that heartbreak, it was a lot of the same guys on that team. And then uh, just go, coming back to win the championship after everybody's like, oh, they're depth, there's, they're going to get upset for sure. Yeah. Just to come I, back and win the I championship. I know that I picked them when they lost to UMBC, so then I vow never to pick them again. And uh, you mentioned how it's not a sexy pick. I don't think anything from about Virginia is sexy, honestly. It's kind of a – Yeah, true. Date. Other than Duncan. Oh, oh thank you. All right. Um, no, to Nate's point, I just real oh. quick I want to say I respect the idea of it, but they the Oregon game they I forget what happened there, but they should not have won that game. The Purdue I don't think game, they should have been travel and uh double dribble, whatever you want to call it. Oh they yeah, were very close to um yeah, not even being in the final position. That, so I think that was, it was a lucky of, run. They got a lot of help. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. Okay, this one's kind of weird. I'm gonna go with. The Gordon Hayward, almost oh, made, yeah, that's a good one. Where, I mean, that's a ridiculous shot. I remember I watched a documentary about it because it was like Gordon had made that shot before, and he was like, he had he like not like practiced it, but it was like honestly a comfortable shot where when he shot it, like people were like, oh my god, this might actually go in, um, and then it like barely rims out. Coach K wins a title. 
ultimate like what could have been moment Butler kind of becomes a basketball school in that moment um yeah I thought that I know it's not like a cool moment but I actually thought I think that's one of the biggest moments in March Madness history in recent years are we doing only three yeah hold on it's my pick but Arkansas just made it a four-point game that so Arkansas is going to escape with a victory but uh for my last pick I've got Florida Gulf Coast beating Georgetown and then making it to the Sweet 16 it was they that was just an electric team to watch it was they were just like so much fun and I mean beating Otto Porter and Georgetown then beating San Diego State I believe we mentioned earlier how they were the last up until last year the last 15 seed to make it to the Sweet 16 and so it was just a really fun team to watch City, baby. Do we want to do some honorable mentions? I will say honorable mentions for me. The UNC shot right before the Villanova game went yes. was honestly ridiculous. Like that was a cr- in right in that moment. I was like, that's the craziest thing I think I've ever seen in college basketball. And then Villanova inbounds the ball, and I actually see the craziest moment I've ever seen in college. That to me, y'all are gonna ma- hate me for making this comparison. That to me is like the exact same equivalent as the Ricardo Lockett catch. Um, in Super Bowl 49, nobody yeah. remembers how crazy that was because of yeah. what happened right after that. But yeah, that's another Jermaine Curse. That's Jermaine actually a very, my fault. That's a very, very fair comparison, is, is that moment. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to, oh, I wanted to say Oral Roberts and honestly St. Peter's this time, like 15 seeds making the Sweet 16 is always cool. Yeah. Also, like we didn't mention Lehigh and um, who else was it? Lehigh and uh, and Norfolk State mm-hmm. as Middle 15 Tennessee seeds State. winning this winning games in the same day, yeah. two 15s over twos in the same day is wild. Uh, Middle Tennessee State too when they beat that Michigan State team. While cool. we're on the topic of March Madness, just want to rant or uh, speak my yearly rant about how Maryland got jobbed a couple years ago against LSU. Oh my god! Yeah, I was about started. to. I was about to be like, I, I wanted to bring that up to because I was a, a huge Maryland fan that when that happened. Got absolutely robbed. But uh, I I think one honorable mention should be 2017 South Carolina. Like they they kind of came out of nowhere, and it's just crazy because like that was Frank Martin's one good season, and but now he kept him the job for an additional five years. Like I I, I like never would have thought of them as like a basketball school. And like they beat Duke, like Baylor, Florida, like that was, and they only lost to Gonzaga by four in the final four. That was a very good team. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, just a crazy moment that year that Virginia won, the Carson Edwards Purdue game was ridiculous. Like the fact that, the fact that, like, the one thing that can possibly happen when you foul up three with like no time left did happen was. That was ridiculous. And also the Kyle guy getting fouled um, with no time left. I think, were they down two when he when he got fouled on the three? Yes, corners? I was I was so upset when that Who was happened. that against? That, that, was, you know, that, that was against? That was that way then. Uh, Final four. The, the Purdue game too. was crazy because Diakite. Yeah, Diakite. Uh, no, I, I know I'm saying the beater. games, but I'm saying just ridiculous stuff. College basketball. That whole run was crazy. Yeah. But Carson Edwards was, like, literally unconscious that game. Like, that's still one of the best college performances I've ever seen. 
was him when he just could not miss. Uh, so that's all we have for you guys today. Uh, I think we'll do another recap of what happened in March Madness once, like, uh, it kind of the schedule slows down and we have more time in between games. When like, we're back in person. Yeah. By the time we upload another podcast, like, it, it, like a ton of stuff it, is going to happen. Games next aren't until the 24th. Maybe Zadarius Smith still signs with the Ravens, too. Um, who knows? Possible. Uh, so thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, by the time spring break ends, so sometime next week. Uh, until then, enjoy your spring break and have a good one. We'll, uh, you'll hear from us soon in a week.